Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast Season 3. That means we are kicking off the 2015 season in Formula 1 in style with a quick preview of uh, teams, driver lineups and the new cars which we are just seeing being uh, driven about uh, before the start of the Jaez. Yeah, it's tomorrow, isn't it? It is. First day, first day tomorrow. Exciting times. Very always, exciting times. Always a fun time of the year, end of January. Yes, no, absolutely, and it doesn't—it doesn't really feel like it's actually been that long since the end of the season. So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I was being, yeah, I'm sure I remember being slightly asleep only a few weeks ago at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still not quite over it yet. Still, still burns, <laughs> still, still, still stings. <laughs> of course, the voice that you can hear, dulcet tones in the background, is my uh, co-host Sean Gray. Uh, lifelong Ferrari fan, uh, sometime Nico Rosberg fan, um, all-round good guy. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> lifelong uh, McLaren hater. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not here. But... No, yeah, you summed me up perfectly there. Lifelong Ferrari fan and general fan of the nice man, as why well I describe myself. If you seem like you're a nice guy, you've got my support. I'm so. sure... I'm sure there's quite a few uh, Lewis Hamilton fanboys out there that might disagree that Nico Rosberg is a nice guy now. Oh, I do not doubt that for a second. <laughs> uh, I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Pearson. Uh, welcome you to the show. I Just to remind everybody, I'm the McLaren Jensen Button fanboy. Um, it's not my only interests, but it's the only thing that I ever seem to get really, <laughs> really passionate about these days. So... Uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm wetting myself in fangirl appreciation of Alonso coming to uh, to my team this season. Uh, a subject we shall get into more as we go through the teams, of course. So let's uh, let's begin our journey into um, 2015. Let's uh, start with well, last season's champion seems to make the most sense to me. Yeah, I uh, think so. We haven't been officially introduced to the Mercedes 2015 Challenger this year. Um, it hasn't had its uh, official release, so we've just been going by a few photos from um, the shakedown tests uh, that they were doing in where am I saying this? Are, are they Brackley? Yeah, was it Silverstone the the test? I think. Yeah, so it must have been. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm sure it's around, roughly around where the best. That's roughly where Brackley is. I was passing <laughs> it sadly up and down for work <laughs> very much this week um, and longing for the start of the season as I was going past. Um, <laughs> so the, the car itself. Um, kind of a very subtle evolution of uh, last season's challenger i think um not too much different um i think that's a fair a fair comment uh, the things that i'd generally noticed about it um was more along the lines of that the the nose is really the thing that i think you can see the most changes in the car i mean obviously the back end is packaged as tightly as it was last year maybe even a bit more um but it doesn't seem that they've done anything really radical with it, everything sort of behind the front tires um but the nose is interestingly different um 
with the new nose regulations, we were expecting there to be sort of one of two styles, really. The sort of elephant nose that Ferrari and Mercedes went with, and then obviously the um, penis-shaped <laughs> variant that we got <laughs> last year was going to be ground down to just a little nub on the end, we thought. Um, just the tip, as I like to uh, <laughs> to refer to it. Um, but the sort of Mercedes nose is, has backed off away so much from it, because it was definitely the the sort of longest and lowest of the elephant type noses compared to the Ferrari last year, but it seems to have shortened itself down somewhat. Um, yeah. That's true, yeah. And it's very definitely sitting, you know, right down. Um, or where the nose and the front wing joins, it's it seems like it's just just only just attached to it, doesn't it? It's actually quite behind the front of the uh, aerofoil on the front. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, you're right. Just got a picture there. I'm struggling to find a picture because the because um, they hadn't officially released it yet. But I've managed to find one, and yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Uh, it's I've just it's funny the picture that I've got here compares it directly to the McLaren, and I've only just noticed it now. But it is significantly shorter than the McLaren, as I'm sure we'll talk about the McLaren in a moment. But I've only it's only just struck me now that you're saying it how uh, sh different it is from the rival. The, the main rivals it's um you know it's obviously something that we'll we'll get into um to some extent the differences in all of the noses of the team was um i thought quite um quite surprising uh, like i said i expected there to be only two sort of two different styles and really there's been quite a few um it compares very much to the nose on the williams and in fact both the williams and the um, Mercedes are, are probably the two most similar-looking cars in terms of um, how everything is sort of set out on them, um, which is probably not surprising given that Williams were closest to Mercedes last last year, so they probably weren't going to, you know, um, alter anything massive on their on their designs in between seasons. Um, but yeah, th they both have. It's definitely much shorter, and the the nose is attached to the wing. Uh, sort of much um, closer to the tip of the nose and that's where I think the, the radical design has sort of come in with the other cars um, where the nose is much longer going forward past the, the front of the wing almost or actually in most cases Yeah, uh, definitely, you could argue of course that they're the ones with the most to gain so it's more makes more sense for them to make a radical switch, I mean what do Mercedes have to they have more to lose so they're going to stick with the somewhat of the formula that, that had them so successful last season. So it makes sense for the likes of McLaren and Ferrari to completely radically overhaul their design. Mm. The the other thing that I've kind of noticed, and Mercedes so far have been the only team that I've seen this, is the front camera mount positions. Um, all of the other teams, uh, I believe... Um, without checking every single photo completely instantaneously. Um, but I'm pretty sure all of them, bar Mercedes, have stuck with the sort of side-mounted um, on the side of the nose, uh, somewhere around the tyre positions. Mercedes are the only only ones that I've seen that have done something different to that, and, and actually their front camera things almost look like little wings um, yep. on the front, protruding much higher up than the nose and much farther away than from the front tyres. So that was really interesting. I, I just wonder 
well, you know, unless you're um, an F1 technical guru, you probably can't really say what the aerodynamic benefits of two little wings sprouting off of the nose are. But who knows? It could be it could be the thing. Maybe that's the whole entire reason why the Mercedes is so much faster. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did they have? Did they have a similar design last year, though? With the wings. The, no, the I, I'm yeah. pretty sure last year's were much like the ones that everybody else has this season. Um, I think that was generally fairly universal because the cameras are of a certain shape, so it's the same cameras for everybody, um, and they have to be placed in. I'm pretty sure the same rough area within one way or, or t'other, so that then you know they can't be used as uh, interesting aerodynamic things although I, I i guess that's what mercedes have done i guess the other the other thing could be i didn't really think of it like this just popped into my head unless of course um they ha they have to be in that specific area and mercedes have no other way of getting them so that they are level with the car body um and in the the space that they're supposed to be so maybe that's not uh that's not done out of um aerodynamic efficiency but just necessity Possibly. I don't know the ins and outs of the regulations and stuff when it comes to where cameras need to be placed, so it would just be speculation, I suppose, but it might be necessity, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Need to look that one up. Yes, yeah, or if, or if somebody listening can um, is, is happy to go through the, uh, the, the book of rules, which must be fairly chunky by now, and uh, <laughs> let us know what the camera placement uh, positions are ha do have to be for an F1 car, that would be useful. Uh, so obviously, uh, Mercedes having got, won the World Championship, Drivers' Championship, uh, and first and second in uh, the Drivers' Championship, have stuck with the lineup from last year with Lewis Hamilton, World Drivers' Champion, and Nico Rosberg. Yep, just uh, rub it in. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, it was never going to change. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of rumor ticking over on the internet that Lewis was uh, Lewis was thinking of moving and all that but I don't think it was ever really in doubt this was uh, a successful team that won all but three I think Grand Prix last year so yeah uh, Lewis he's the man now he's got the world championship under his belt so he can really stamp his authority down now and kick on this season but now more than ever will he be the team leader he more or less led the team last season there's moments where it was 50-50, whatever. But now that he's got that world title under his belt, he'll, he'll, you can see him going on and really putting a complete stamp on it now. I'm a bit, I'm a bit slightly concerned that the defeat last season might, it might take Nico a little bit of a while to get over that. Uh, I can see Lewis winning this season a little bit more. Should, should the Mercedes have the same uh, golf over the rest of the field as it had last year? I suspect the gap may be wider between the two drivers this season which is a shame because it might lead to a really pedestrian one one man world title but i've just got a sneaking suspicion it might end up that way yeah i must admit i'm uh what do you think i i, I fear so much as well it, it you know um and i guess probably a lot of that has to be put down you know on the drivers themselves for being both utter arses last season really <laughs> Um, if they'd managed to have just gotten through and um, not got up in each other's faces so much and, and pushed the limits of it, um, then I think they'd both be having another season where they could challenge one another. But after Spa, 
I think now the team is just micromanaging it. So um, you might be lucky in maybe the first couple of races, maybe they'll be allowed to fight a little bit to see who's got to grips with the car and a bit better. But I strongly suspect that Lewis will probably get a bit more preferential treatment because he's the, the champion. Um, uh, and they'll just be a bit more protective. They've, they've got things to lose now, haven't they, realistically? That's they are, it. They yeah. are the current champions in... in you know both constructors and drivers and if they kind of want to be seen as a real force they can't just be one hit wonders and you know have won it just in the year that the engine engine regs changed otherwise they'll end up looking very silly um, that's true and all the amount of money that they put in will be um well not wasted so much but you know rebel they will have to then do at least four championships in a row if not five to show that they money they put in was the same as red bull putting the same amount of money in for the same return so um it will be interesting to see uh how that goes but yeah like you i'm i am afraid that we may end up with a bit of a pedestrian championship right from the off this time um a lot will depend on how this this testing goes and whether any of the other challenges show unmitigated jumps in progress um, yeah I think, I think, sorry, I think I agree, as I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and if it doesn't come from another team, I suspect it won't come from Nico this year, which is, I guess, the overriding point, which is a shame, but uh, it's just, I, I, I kind of suspect now, if Nico's going to ever kick on and be a force in Formula 1, it won't be with Mercedes. No. I, I think last year it was... It was almost like who's going to be the face of Mercedes for the the next five years, and Lewis came out on top. So is the way I see it, anyway. Which is a shame because I like Nico. Yeah, I think the problem that Nico's got is that um, he's not really attracted the fan base that Lewis has, and I, I know that's got a lot to do with the fact that Lewis is British, and as a country, we're we're pretty rabid for Formula One still compared to a lot of other countries. You know, it's probably only only the Italians really come you know come close on the on f1 as a thing i know the 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 fins and and have a motorsport history but rallying is as much if not more important to them than than formula one so uh, you know I, it, it's a shame he's you know he's he's german monegascan whatever he chooses to be austrian uh part finnish isn't he is as well from his dad and he just i don't know i, I can't there doesn't seem to be a big yeah, no, I know what you mean. Who's who is rooting for Nico Rosberg? At least you know that all of Britain is vote, is rooting for Lewis Hamilton. Well, most of the time. There's um, a few people here for Nico, a few people there, but it doesn't have a collective group that can all join together and say we are the Nico Rosberg fans, sort of thing. I know what you mean. Um, and you know, if you're looking for a face of a company, you want the guy who's generating the most media interest. Then, obviously, That's Lewis. Lewis is Lewis is with Nicole and all those bits and pieces, and it just it it gives him something unique that Nico doesn't have really. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll hope that, um, you know, maybe Lewis starts poorly and, and Nico can, can do well to at least make it more open going further into the season. Or maybe there'll be another blonde German in a different car that can, uh, <laughs> can put the, put the boot into Lewis out on maybe. Well, is that the team you would like us to go to next, Sean? Shall we? Well, I don't see why not. We've got a big, uh, as big a lineup change as there's been in the last ten years. Uh, them and 
by consequence McLaren. So I feel like we can uh, go from one to the other. Okay then, so Scuderia Ferrari. Um, well, people have been slightly unkind to this car. I don't think it's anywhere near as ugly as last season's was. Um, yeah, la last season was like the only way it was up, <laughs> really, yes. wasn't it? It was. I think we voted it the ugliest car of all time at one point last season. So uh, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's all right. Yeah, I don't particularly like the nose, but. That that's not just a Ferrari thing. That's a Formula One and post twenty fourteen thing. The noses aren't particularly nice looking at the moment. So, yeah, this thing's fine. I'm I'm not seeing anything that jumps out at me that makes me think, oh no, or or oh yeah, for that matter. I, I, I need to wait to see what it does in the track, but it looks pretty pretty standard, I would say. Yeah, I think the. When I look at it, I think the interesting part, well, it's always going to start with the nose, really. Much longer yeah. nose, and more so than most of the other cars, very low, it, it looks to me, um, in terms of um, sort of the angle it's going at. And then it, when you do the sort of front views of it, um, it almost looks like it tapers down at the end, which is obviously, I, I guess, to, to cover the regulations and, and what have you. Um, but yeah it doesn't when you compare it to the McLaren nose it looks really basic doesn't it that's what it screams to me it doesn't look like there's curves or subtle lines in it to make the best use of of what it's supposed to do um, and it does stick out an awful long way beyond the front of the yeah, I mean, you see the difference between going back to the Mercedes, where the Mercedes nose pretty much stops as soon as it, as soon as the join to the front wing, whereas the Ferrari one keeps going for, I don't know how many inches that is. It's tough to tell, but it's a significant way. Yeah, um. it is a very, I mean, maybe it's, what, it's like we're going to just have to wait and see who's got it right, I suppose, in terms like when they get out on track. I mean, will, will the Ferrari turn up and like that in Melbourne and give it two weeks and perhaps it'll be a different nose because they've realised that the way Mercedes have gone is, is a better option? Perhaps. Difficult because you've got to get the crash tests done on any new nose, which is yeah, part of the reason why Lotus didn't bother changing their nose in season, despite the fact that it was clearly awful um, because it cost so much to <laughs> break the things in a standard FIA crash test. Um the back, I'm not sure. I don't think it looks all that tight. It still looks like it's a bit um, voluminous um, <laughs> as it's going back a bit. It, it almost looks pregnant. It's very round at the side. And I, I, I then, you know, again, you look back to the Mercedes uh, and that just looks real tight and, and pulled in. And there seems to be loads of spaces at the back as it goes towards the exhaust. And I, I don't really see that in the Ferrari. There doesn't seem to be lots of extra room towards the back of the car, which kind of makes me suggest that it's still full <laughs> of stuff <laughs> in a configuration that's unwieldy and possibly not all that well balanced. Uh, don't know what you can do about that now. It's it's a bit too late, but um, 
that's where I, I worry for the Ferrari this, this year. It, I don't think it looks quite as... Certainly in comparison to the Mercedes, I would have to unfortunately agree with you there. Um, definitely doesn't look... As, uh, the only word I can think of is, is tight. It doesn't... It's... You're right, it, look, it does. It looks fatter, doesn't it? <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, it's, it's always difficult to tell in some of these pictures as well because... You know, they take these pictures at very specific angles for press releases and stuff. So, you don't always see the full story until it's maybe out on the track. But I would have to agree with you. I'm not... Judge on the two, and we can only go by pictures. I haven't seen anything that makes me think it's going to be a significantly better car than last year. Hmm. One thing that is interesting, actually, and I've just been quickly flicking between the photos of the cars uh, if you look at the i don't even know what they're called but they're, they're those f the funny um aero parts around the side pods i really don't know what they're called diffuse deflectors or whatever they are interestingly they've gone for the same thing as uh, force india in that they have both got uh, essentially an l-shaped uh, i'm going to call it a diffuser because i don't know what else to bloody well call it but um so it goes up and across the top of the side pod but without touching it mm -hmm. uh and uh, sorry actually and the lotus um has the same thing as well but if you look at the sauber and the mclaren the um i think the williams is the same let me just double check i think the mercedes as well has yeah the mercedes is all they're all Stand up. A, yeah, so it's like a straight block almost. Yeah, so all of the other teams have gone for these straight standing pillars, so the the back of the L and not the 90 degree bit that then would attach the it to uh, above the side pod, uh, side pod to the car. And that's interesting. You just wonder. I always wondered what aero those things actually did. I assumed it helped channel some some air back inside underneath the. Um, the rear wing to some to some extent must be it's the only reason why you'd have in there it can't channel that much air into the side pods I wouldn't have thought well, maybe it does but um, it's interesting I think to see see those choices being made I wonder I wonder which is the right way to go on that because if it doesn't work it's, it's going to channel stuff away from where it needs to be uh so whether that makes the cars slippier and gives them less downforce or gives them more downforce, I don't know. You reckon? Don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> okay. uh, I wish I was uh, an aero whiz kid. I'm not, unfortunately. I don't know. Could I have no idea <laughs> whether it will. Uh, what 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 the purpose of these? Like you say, not even sure what to call it. Don't know what their purpose is. But just have to assume they know what they're doing. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, asking for trouble. Mm, possibly, possibly. Um, to driver lineups, as as you mentioned, uh, Sean, the biggest driver swap around that there's been for quite some time in Formula One. Um, we see four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel replace Fernando Alonso. Um, yep. at the Prancing Horse alongside Kimi Raikkonen who must be delighted to 
see a two-time world champion leave the <laughs> leave the team only for a four-time world champion to replace him after such a difficult season last season. Um, how do you see this one going? Do you think Seb's just going to come in and uh, blitz Kimi, or do you think maybe the things that have changed on the car? Um, I note that there's been some changes to the suspension. Um, Definitely think Sebastian's going to take time to settle. Based on last year, he didn't like the new regulations. He didn't like the new Red Bull. And it clearly affected his performance. So if he struggled from just a switch in regulations in the same team, surely a switch in team entirely, it might take him time to settle. Not not saying it'll take him a long time, not saying it'll take him a short time, but it'll definitely take some, some time. Uh, so Kimmy's definitely got the advantage there to get off to a good start and possibly lay a bit of a marker down while Seb finds his feet and says, oh, I'm not going to be a brush over. You're a four-time world champion, but I'm a world champion myself, and here we go. The problem with that logic is Kimmy was absolutely dog crap last year. Yes. So, so um, yeah, it's a complete step into the unknown, really. Is Kimmy Räikkönen going to find the form? Is Sebastian Vettel going to find the form? There's definitely risks with this driver lineup, but it, like at least when, when Fernando Alonso was there, you knew you were going to get even if the car was pretty murder, he was going to get it in the points most of the time, and you'd get a solid position. That you not got that this year. If you get the Sebastian Vettel that couldn't drive the Red Bull last year, and you get the Kimi Räikkönen that couldn't drive the Ferrari last year, and a Ferrari that isn't great, then they could be in serious trouble. But at the same time you've got five world championships between them, so it could work out brilliantly. It's, that's why it's really exciting, and as a fan, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it goes. Give me two two races in, I might not be sharing the enthusiasm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it could it, re it literally could go either way. I'm, I'm, com I'm optimistic that with a full pre-season in the Ferrari, Sebastian should be able to come in and, and go. Uh, and equally, with a full season under the belt, Kimi Raikkonen should be able to come in and go. But I didn't think it would be as bad as it was last year, so who knows. Uh, I think Sebastian will be the number one, more or less. Uh, I don't think he would have made the switch if he wasn't... It will, I, I don't think it will be explicitly stated anywhere, but I think there will generally be a feeling around the team that... that Sebastian's the future of this team and and over the course of the year we'll, we'll kind of see that I suspect uh, Kimi's probably on his last his last year you would assume so you'd have to imagine that should the car be capable of winning races and that's a really big if it will be Sebastian who'll be the main the main man you would think uh, it's pretty kind of the way I assumed it I can't I can't really see Kimi sticking at it if things go as as terribly as they have been. Um, if you know what I mean, it's not. He, he doesn't seem to me like really a guy who wants to struggle along in a team like Fernando Alonso did for five years, just struggling every week to get it done. You know, he went to the Lotus, which was in a strong position. Um, I know I don't think he went there to to bumble along and he, he did very well in that car uh, just 
Yeah, I just think if he has another season like last season where every race is a struggle, I can't see him wanting to do another year. Um, he certainly can't be short of a bob or two, so I don't, you know, he's not doing it for the large paycheck he's getting, although it's probably quite a substantial paycheck nonetheless. Um, and I wonder if he would rather then go out and do rallying where he can have more, kind of more fun and um, do other things as well. It seems to me that that, seem, that, that sounds more like Kimi Raikkonen, right? Yeah, I suspect, I suspect uh, when lose or draw, this will probably be Raikkonen's last season. Uh, just, I just kind of get that feeling. Like you say, he seems like the kind of guy that probably isn't that fussed either way. Uh, whether he's doing Formula One or he's driving rally cars or who knows, driving trucks, whatever. Like he seems like he's just not that fussed. So I, sus I, I suspect this might be his last season. And then Ferrari can put someone like. They've got. They can. Vettel can have his year to to settle in, and then they can bring in someone like Hulkenberg alongside him, someone like that. And I think everybody's kind of, kind of happy then. Uh, that's the way I see it panning out. Especially even more so if the if Kimi isn't really getting the best out of the car. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of how I see it. Um, on Seb. It will be interesting to see, I think, um, exactly how uh, that pans out. Um, I, I, I wonder what aspects of the Red Bull specifically didn't suit him last season that are going to be present in a Ferrari. Um, I wonder if the only thing with Sebastian making his announcement to go to Ferrari... Uh, I don't know, was it? I can't remember the exact race, but it was towards the end of the summer, beginning of the autumn. I wonder if he was able to say at any point during the negotiations how he likes a car designed. I don't know whether this car that Ferrari have designed will have any little quirks in it that Vettel likes or things that he doesn't like. I'm not sure, I don't know whether he'll have been able to to have any say on that kind mm. of thing any influence that thing where Kimi obviously will have having been there for a year and specifically disliking the car last year he'll have been able to point out what he doesn't like and what he does like all last season so I wonder if that'll have an effect uh, at, like I say depending on when Sebastian agreed the deal I don't know whether he was able to have any say or not I hope so uh, but I would maybe suspect not I'm not sure so that'll be interesting because if they've designed a car that's exactly like has a sim have similarly set up to the way he didn't like the Red Bull, then it's going to be an awful season for him. It could be that he takes the whole year to get to get settled at the Ferrari, and we could be looking at the following year before it's a Sebastian Vettel Ferrari. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is not the season to judge what his stay in the in the team. I think is going to be like. So. Yeah. Um, it will be more interesting to see as the teams use their tokens up for the engines. Um, whether that can, you know, get him closer to uh, what he wants out of the car if um, Ferrari can focus on the things that he needs out of a car to drive, you know, whether it's the um, the better sort of gear ratios and stuff to give him the jump out of corners, which he was used to in the Red Bull, um, whilst they work on the aero side of stuff. But maybe, maybe that's where he'll start to be able to, put some influence on on the car and how it's done 
Um, but that's a slow, slow process. So, uh, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if if they're exactly where they were last season for at least the first half of it, uh, and then see the car evolve around the drivers and maybe maybe suit them a bit more. I mean, I guess as as the caveat is with all us, we guess we'll just have to see. But um, that, that's how I imagine it going. Yeah, no, I can't really argue with that, really. So, um, who should we take a look at next? <laughs> I guess we should do the Williams, shouldn't we, really? Since they were technically the um, <clears throat> the next best team, really, behind um, Mercedes last year. Uh, we Thank you. Had... I was just going to say, we haven't had very many pictures of uh, the Williams entry. Um, so, how close this is to exactly what they'll do, um, I don't know. Again, an evolution somewhat of last year's car, I would say. Um, I think that's fair, definitely. The back end looks incredibly uh, tightly packaged. Um, maybe similar, to, similar to the Mercedes. I was going to say, maybe even more so um, than the Mercedes. Uh, although that might just be because um, the Williams is white on black in terms of the, um, the, the skirting. Uh, and the body colour, so maybe you can see it a bit more on the on the Williams. But it does look like most of the car is um, <laughs> sort of front of the uh, um, driver's seat going forward, and there's very little at the back. So you know, again, whether they've been able to tweak that um, setup to get it closer to the Mercedes, um, that split turbo design, um, will be interesting to see. Um, it's de like I say, it's definitely closest to the Mercedes compared to anything else. Um, I do not like the jigsaw puzzle nose. No, That's, no, I don't like it either. It's horrific. Um, and whoever came up with that design needs to be shot. Might be the most aerodynamic efficient, no? <laughs> well, oh, God. Um, I guess we shall see on that. Um, beyond that, it's kind of a fairly dull-looking car in a lot of ways. Um there's no real sort of sticky out wings all over the place um it's retained that sort of vestigial shark fin on the back which is again another design that's sort of 50 50 on the cars some of them have just gone for uh, a flat yeah, well not a flat back but a rounded back without any fin and some of the others have, have kept theirs um the Mercedes has sort of gone somewhere in between them, which there is still a fin, but it's all the way down the back of the car instead of sort of just sticking at the back end. Um, we will have to wait and see how this one goes on track. It, based on what they did last year, it should be quite good, um, whether it is or not. If they've, if they've been able to just amp up the, the positives that they had last year, then, because you know, they were all about speed, straight line speed, um, been slippery, difficult to pass, good for overtaking. So if they're able to work on that and maintain some sort of balance in the corners, then then I don't see why they can't continue their good run. But it's a big year for Williams. Last year was the first year in years that they've really announced themselves as a big team again. Now people are taking them. Nobody was taking them so seriously last year. Now people are taking them a little bit more seriously. So they have to they have to bring it. Yeah, um, you, uh, kind of how we said with Mercedes winning the championship, you, you can't really be a flash in the pan. Otherwise, um, you know, it, it 
it, it scares uh, sponsors off, if nothing else. If they think, you know, oh, we'll come in to a top team and, you know, plaster it all over it. And then suddenly it's dropping down to eighth or ninth place every race. Um, you, you suddenly, you know, lose that, that prestige. Um, and Williams as are a big and established team in in Formula One, even if their resources are, are less compared to some of the other teams. You know they they need that. Um, so th- this kind of does have to be a good car. Um, yep. I, I think they can afford to be still behind the Mercedes, but they've still got to be racy compared to the Red Bull, Ferrari, and McLarens for definite. Um, yep, I, I agree. If that changes, then I think they'll be uh, very difficult times ahead for the team. I hope so. I hope they do well. Um, everybody, uh, hard, most people these days seem to be quite, you know, regardless of your allegiance for F1, like to see the Williams guys do well. So I hope so. I hope they have. I hope it's a good car, both from because I like I like the people involved in that team, and because it'll be if if we can have Williams, McLaren, Ferrari, and Mercedes all and Red Bull, of course, all challenging, then that makes for great racing. So. Let's hope. Let's hope they do bring it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in their two drivers, they they have drivers who are capable of um, of doing that. I think um, retaining Felipe Massa and Valtteri Bottas. Um, I mean, great year last year for for Valtteri. Really excellent. Uh, looking for him to kick on now this year. This will be his third year in Formula One. If the car's good. If it, if, it, if it says if it's as good comparatively to last year's one was to to the teams around last year, then you're looking for Valtteri to to perhaps sneak a win this year. Yeah, I think he um, he needs to do that more regularly. Really, I, I guess that was the the probably the the downside to um, to his season last year. It was good, um, but because the Mercedes are always going to take first place and probably second place most of the time um he was doing the best of the rest kind of stuff but not you know not reaching that top step and i think he needs to just get a couple of wins if possible you know obviously more hopefully for that for him but um he needs to show that he is a race winner uh, as much as anything I, I think you can have lots of talent and um everybody think you're a great driver but you know without getting those wins and, and showing you can do it well Nico Hulkenberg springs to mind doesn't it that's Every, right everybody yeah. has everybody says here how much of a talent he is but because he's never been able to really get those race wins and, and show form in a front running car or somewhere that was close to the front uh, he gets passed over I think that's the that's the problem for him um, and it could happen to Valtteri if he gets st- not stuck in the Williams but you know he takes himself with the Williams and their form to some extent no, absolutely. Hulkenberg is a great example of that. So I hope I'm a big fan of both. I hope both get the opportunities they deserve. So I hope um, I really hope to see a good season from Bottas. Indeed. So next up, let's take a look at um, my favourite team, uh, the McLaren. Um, it's not winning any awards for most interesting looking car on the grid uh, with they've retained the black and silver paint job with a little red stripe along the mirrors and the nose which is at least something I suppose I was I was hoping for a proper old school white on red livery weren't you yeah 
I mean, like, I'm slightly disappointed that they've kept the silver, to be honest. But, oh well. They're not my team, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, with Mercedes being silver, it would just make it a little bit more uh, colourful at yeah. the top of the grid, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I saw, um, I, I must admit, I tweeted um, the McLaren team and said, if everybody is designing alternative liveries for your car, does that not tell you something? Um, <laughs> I, haven't had a, I haven't had a reply. No uh, response. <laughs> but um, some of the alternate liveries have been really nice. I mean, obviously, most of them have focused on the sort of white and... Uh, red or white and orange of the past but um i've seen a couple of really interesting ones because obviously the original color for the mclaren was um that bright orange color um if you think back to the sort of 70s and uh, denny holm in a, in a mclaren it was they were orange cars um all the way down um and somebody did a really interesting one where they t kept the black of the car but then made all the silver bits on top um like a wrapped orange color so it's that metallic orange but very polished so not a, not a flat orange but a, a metallic shiny orange it looked awesome i was thinking you could absolutely do that couldn't you because that's that's the original mclaren colors you're not you know you're not breaking any history there but it just looks so much more interesting um although i guess with the fact that force india have decided to go black and orange this year it probably <laughs> made it might have made it look a bit similar to that but there's been so many alternative ones that would have been so much more interesting to look at and um, don't McLaren need to do that? They need to get people looking at that car again to get the bloody sponsors on it. Well, exactly. It's, uh, it's very strange that a team like McLaren are, are without a title sponsor. I mean, this is McLaren Formula One team, for goodness sake. West, uh, whatever, all the, Marlborough, all these legendary sponsors that they've had over the years. And now, I mean... What is it? Nothing? They don't have them. It's Mobile One, and that's what, what else uh, did they, they have? S SAP last year. Um, that's about it, you know? Like... I mean, SAP are a big company, but it's just not the kind of <laughs> tech company sponsoring um, Formula One cars doesn't really have the same kind of thing to it, does it? Um, no. As, <laughs> as well as Martini might not be a drink for everybody, it's still kind of the ethos of th those kind of products in Formula One. Well, yeah, so it, yeah. yeah, absolutely. What so, about the actual design then? What do you think? Well, so the nose is uh, much closer to, and it's hardly surprising given who they've hired uh, across the summer, very much closer to the Red Bull nose of the past few years, um, that sort of um, duck-bill design. Um, the way I see it compared to the Ferraris, which you might consider would be also near that kind of design, um, a, it doesn't look like it dips down quite so much at the end. Um, and if you, you look at the contours of the nose going up towards the thing, it's, it's slightly channeled as well. And I, it just feels to me that that nose is doing a bit more uh, than the Ferrari's one, which is the only one that's really kind of comparable. Uh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. So I, I think that's that's got um, Promero's... Um, I never know if I'm saying that saying that guy's name correctly um but I, I wonder if that's his handiwork something maybe he worked on with um red bull that he is um confident is a good design um i read it in an interview with eric boulier that they'd um the ethos has changed since he came um into the team not eric boulier the, the guy from red bull that instead of looking at the theoretical maximum downforce that you can get 
Um, what they're looking to do is just exploit 100% of achievable downforce. So if the maximum downforce that you could potentially achieve on an F1 car is 780, um, whatever the measurement's in, um, Newtons or whatever, but you can only ever get 80% of that, it, it's still it's then better to look at getting 100% of 700 um, and, and ignore trying to explore that last 80 you know, kilotons of fucking <laughs> whatever it is, um, kilotons of force, uh, and compromise the rest of the design of the car with it. Um, so that to me signals something very interesting, um, and it will be interesting to see if the re if some of the characteristics of the Red Bull are now carried into the McLaren, which was always a nice, slippy and fast car, but maybe now has some of the downforce to aid it in the in the areas where it was um coming up short which was always the slow corners um other things i notice about it um something that is fairly unique to it and the mercedes is the width of the side pods or the side pod openings um both the merc and the mclaren have very wide openings um all of the other cars have something much smaller and in the case of the force india um, which we'll come to the Force India is about half the size um, and I find that kind of kind of odd um, the Ferrari is much more comparable to say the Sauber when you look at the front on views um, in that they're of an average kind of size there's a big round bit at the top leading into small bits and you look at the McLaren and then the Mercedes and both of those actually have quite um small areas for the um the top of the side pod it's much thinner um but the aperture is wider so that to me is immediately very interesting um that the other teams seem to have gone to try and close off the side pods and do something more with it uh, and the mclaren and the mercedes have uh or maybe the mercedes hasn't changed so much but the mclaren has opened it up from that initial because uh, they were all taken from the Red Bull a couple of seasons ago. The, the FIA mandated that the design of the side pods was best on the Red Bull for safety. Um, so it seems to me that only a couple of teams have really looked at that area to, to change the aerodynamics of the car somewhat. Um, and, and I look at those side pods and they, they curve in back towards the car much more than, than a lot of the other ones do. So that, again, to me, is just really interesting, you know, I think there's been a lot of really radical changes to how the front of that McLaren um, acts. Um, it's also got the little fins above the side pod. Again, that's something that's not on the Ferrari. It's is on the Sauber, uh, isn't on the Lotus, isn't on the Force India, uh, isn't on the Williams off the top of my head, is on the Mercedes. So, again... Who's got the right thinking there? Because everybody seemed to have those fins on it last season. Um, only a couple of teams didn't. Um, so some teams seem to have dropped them and two of the teams hadn't. Interesting. interesting. Uh, back of the car, though. Um, uh, not. It's difficult to tell in the, the photos that I've got 
Um, and they've also obviously got a black, the bottom of the car is black on a black board. So it's quite difficult to see how it goes in. It looks better than it did last year. Uh, I have to say that. Last year it looked really huge going down into the exhaust. It looked like most of the back was was taken up by the stuff. So I think they've been able to package that Honda engine better. Whether it's as good as the Mercedes, obviously we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I think it looks a lot better. Certainly doesn't look as wide and sort of pregnant looking as the Ferrari and a couple of the others do. Um, looks lower, just looks lower and, and meaner. At least that's how I see it anyway. Well, you'll be hoping so. <laughs> hoping for a good season after the last couple of seasons has not been, well, been good. And you've probably got, arguably, depending on what side of the bed you wake up, the best driver on the grid to make it happen for you. Jensen is very good. I'll have to <laughs> oh, you mean Fernando Alonso? You mean the other guy? Yeah, oh, the other no. guy that, that is guy. Uh, nicked, stolen, thieved, however you <laughs> wish to put it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the best. So, have you got the car to give him? Time will tell. But one thing is for sure, even if you don't have the best car in the world, this guy will get whatever you can get out of it. And yeah. then some. I think the interesting thing is is that uh, somebody in Ferrari, one of the Ferrari car designers, came out in the, in the press this week and said that Fernando Alonso is not somebody who can develop a car. Uh, he said he turned up at pre-season testing and told them that the car was perfect, and then as soon as he got into the, the racing, he told them it was horrible. Um, however, how true that is, I don't know. But Jensen Button is somebody who can develop a car and I think has shown um, that he knows... Um, how to feed back to teams to help them improve the car. Um, so between the two of them, should have all the bases covered, really. I, I, I have thought that. I have thought since Alonso signed, I thought this could be perfect, in theory. The contrasting styles of Jensen and Fernando, it could be a match made in heaven. So let's just wait and see. It's exciting. It's exciting to go into a season with such... So many different. I mean, what like four, three or four of the top teams have got, have got different lineups now. Mm -hmm. so, so it's an exciting, it's exciting for us to watch to see how these dynamics and relationships develop. Do you think Fernando's going to shoot off into the distance and leave Jensen behind, or do you think Jensen can challenge? I think Jensen can challenge. I think that's always in his in his arsenal. Um, Fernando may well be able to take off and run with the car quicker than he can. That's, that's always a possibility. Um, I think what aids the team this time as opposed to Jensen and Lewis is um, it's almost generational isn't it? Alonso and Jensen Button are much closer generationally than I think Lewis is to Alonso and especially back from you know when they were in uh, Formula 1 in, in the McLaren the first time around uh, and as far as I'm aware Alonso and Jensen have a good relationship um you know, as slightly more elder statesmen of the sport, I think they understand, you know, how to how to race. Um, I, I don't think you actually hear... I mean, you don't hear in any other teams about Alonso being a bad teammate or anything like that. And you certainly don't hear that about Jensen. So no, I, definitely not. I, I, can't, I can't see why that can't be almost a better pairing than Lewis and Jensen were, where there always seemed to be some friction between the two. And that, to me, 
it says a lot, isn't it? In that pretty much um, in any team where Lewis wasn't just the number one driver. So when he was driving with Heike, it was fine for him because Heike was always going to be his number two wingman. Um, there always seems uh, to be friction between Lewis and his teammate. Yeah. You know, he goes no to Mercedes way. with his best buddy in the whole entire world. And after one <laughs> season in a competitive car, he's not my friend. I hate him. <laughs> Fernando, Nico, Jensen. There seems to be a common factor and it isn't any of those guys. No, who have all worked with other people and you've never seen any inter-teammate inter friction. So, you know, maybe Lewis just rubs people up the wrong way and I just I, I can just see them being a good pairing on the track. I, I don't see them banging wheels or doing anything like that, but I, I see them being able to fight one another fairly. Uh, kind of unlike Jensen and Checo, I think, where Checo was so desperate to prove himself, he was willing to take risks with his own teammate. Um, yeah, which Jensen really wasn't willing to do back um, because he's just not that sort of driver. He's not, he's not out there to drive his teammate off the road. Um, he just wants everybody just would just like to race sensibly and not. Checo seemed like the like the irritating puppy who kept trying too hard to impress everybody a little bit, and Jensen just wanted to sweep him out of the way at times. Mm -hmm. And and Checo would just keep coming back for more and coming back for more. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at how Alonso raced uh, Sebastian Vettel a couple of couple of times last season. Close as you like, but always safe. Do you know what I mean? Not doing silly things and and running people off the road or trying to do things to make them, you know, spin out or crash or, or, or anything like that. And I, I, I just think that sounds like a something the McLaren need that um, that trust between their drivers. Uh, and I think I think they'll be able to get it. I don't think either of those two guys at this point in their careers are um, desperate to show up the other person so much that it, it would consume how they went about their jobs. I agree. I genuinely think it's going to be a really good pairing. Uh, I like both guys. So I mean, both. Like, I think you're right when you say about the time the the timing of their careers. You know, they don't need, they're not, they're not the young kids now, desperate for drama, you know, like, they're just going to get on with it, I think, you know, and do the best job they can. So, yeah, I'm, I, if I was a McLaren fan, I'd be, I'd be quietly optimistic, but I might have said that last season as well, and it wasn't, <laughs> so, anyway. Who else is there then? Unfortunately, there's no Red Bull pictures, because they would be the next logical team to cover, but there's um, no Well, let's, no let's cover, let's cover the driver lineup anyway, um whilst we're well, wondering about. Um, we've got... Um, possibly the most... I think, in a way, the most exciting lineup on the grid in in a lot of ways. Um, with Danny Rick, the new pretender, ousting Sebastian from the team he won four championships with, the only guy to win races against the Mercedes last season, and Danny Kvyat, an interesting, if slightly... Um, unknown quantity who's shown flashes of real speed and, and brilliance but perhaps maybe just needs maybe needed another season to really refine that uh, I think that's a fair statement but you know the hand was forced with Sebastian making the move uh, and they've taken a punt it is a punt, it is a risk but I think what will help them is Danny Ricciardo proved last season that even if Kvyat has a shocker, Danny's able to carry the team. Mm -hmm. uh, he proved that he can be, he can lead a team. He can be the number one guy. So uh, that helped them in their 
in their replacement of Sebastian because they didn't. It wasn't like oh crap, Sebastian's gone. We need to get Raikkonen or Alonso or you know one of these kind of guys in. Thought right, Sebastian's gone, but you know what? We've already got one of those guys. His name's Daniel Ricciardo, you know. So like, yeah, like you say, it's exciting because you've yet only one year in, so it, it could be anything. He could be, he could be another Daniel Ricciardo superstar, or he could be putting it in the wall every week. Yeah. Uh, so we'll wait and see. I think the I think your summation there about Danny Rick being somebody who could lead a team is is spot on. He doesn't ever sound flustered in the car. Um, which is very interesting because um, even in his um, better seasons, Vettel wasn't always the calmest person in the cockpit. Um, very vocal when things didn't seem to be going the way he necessarily wanted them. Um, so that that could be interesting for the team dynamic to have somebody who um, perhaps is a you know a little bit more of a level-headed person maybe somebody who can take the team forward in a transitional period um they're perhaps the only team at the top end of the grid as well that have a true obvious number one like mercedes mm. they're going to be battling ferrari they're going to be battling mclaren they're going to be battling uh williams they'll be battling yeah, you know, at the end of the day, when at Red Bull, you know, Ricardo's the number one guy there, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, so mm-hmm. they'll have they'll have Kvyat playing the supporting role, but all all leads will lead to Ricardo and his world championship. So maybe that could will that give be a benefit to them? They've got one focus, and that's true. Him, so be interesting. It, it has done them well over the last few seasons. It has to be said. Um, that's it. And last season, the one year where they didn't have that. They sucked, but that was more to do with the car, probably. But Well, more to do with the car <laughs> and the fact that Sebastian couldn't get to grips with it, certainly. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they're like with, with Ricardo being the absolute focus. Um, so Toro Rosso have just released, um, when this was recorded, of course, uh, just released the uh, images of their title challenger, so this is a bit on the fly. We'll have to uh, take a look at the team. Um what do you think? First thoughts? Hmm, interesting. Um, they have the same camera mounts as the Mercedes. Got the little sticky out ones, which is interesting. Um, straight up, little aerofoils around the um, side pods. Side pods are quite wide again, which I guess kind of makes sense because I think they always have been on the Red Bull. Uh, they've got the little side deflector things on the side pods. That nose, though, it's a bit, a bit different. It's a bit, po- it's a bit pointy, isn't it? Yeah. It looks like a bullet from the picture I'm seeing. They're quite low down, quite long again. Hmm. Do you know the thing that's, that strikes me when I look at the side-on um, of the car? is It doesn't look all that thin at the back. No, I was thinking that as well. That probably means that the Renault hasn't actually changed all that much uh, <laughs> since last season. Um, could be could be ominous for those using the Renault engine. Yeah. Um, trying to have another look at some more pictures. Yeah, it definitely looks fatter around the exhaust um, to me than compared to some of the other ones, which will seem to 
almost come to a point right at the back. It still looks like that's really quite chunky towards the rear suspension. Um, I don't know, the nose is quite long and flat. Maybe that is... It's, I always find it a bit strange, and I always think the noses should be slightly more kind of rounded and channeled and stuff. When I see them flat, it always makes me think... It feels to me like that should be slower, but I don't know, what do I know? And an interesting lineup this year. Two rookies. Yes. Uh, young Max Verstappen. A combined age of about Fernando Alonso, I think, for the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Carlos Sainz Jr. Um, always very pleased got his drive after being um, roundly passed over the last couple of seasons when he probably should have um, been given the nod. The thing about the Toro Rosso as well is he knows that if he doesn't do it in two seasons, he'll be out the car. So <laughs> it's you know it's it's get it done now or never. So well, that's that's true enough. If he doesn't do it within two seasons, he'll be gone. So he's going to need to hit. They have to hit the ground running at Toro Rosso. Very cutthroat. I mean, look at Jev and um, uh, whoever else who was the other one, the one who partnered Jev, and that was Ricardo. Buemi, Buemi yeah. and Alves, Buemi and Alguersari all. I've done solid jobs, but if it's not spectacular, it's not enough. So they've got to uh, they've got to hit the ground running. <laughs> no pressure, kids. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, I, I guess that's always been the um, that's always been the um, been the problem really with being a Toro Rosso driver. And you, you get stuck in generally a fairly average car, and um, then. You know, if you aren't absolutely spectacular in it, you don't really have the chance to um, to really go on and prove it. You you are you are gone, uh, <laughs> and there is, seems to be no return. Um, it's almost like a curse. Yeah, um, it's surprising given how many people have been in the rebel young driver program that really it's. It's, it's not really produced anybody other than Sebastian Vettel and uh, and I guess Daniel Ricciardo. Um, lots Kvyat. of people have gone through the door. and Kvyat might do well. We'll wait and see, I suppose. True enough. Um, so, other going down the grid then. Uh, Force India now then, I guess. Yeah, it's a slightly different livery from last season. A bit shinier, I think. Looks a bit like an Arrows, doesn't it? I think it looks... Um, I think I've said this tweeted this a couple of times i think it looks like an arrows has mated with a minardi um, oh yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> um or possibly a spiker i don't know one or, one or t two of those things the arrows had more black on it anyway so um i, I will go for that um ooh, they are the only people so far to have really retained the proper phallicness of their nubby nose um and that worries me in terms of the evolution of this car. Um, look at the side pods, really fat, going right out to the side of the skirting, where it, that isn't really the case on most of the other cars. Um, still doesn't look all that tapered in at the back. Uh, I just... I don't know, my, my instinct tells me that this car is not going to take the team forward in the way that they hoped. Um they struggled at the end of last season um, they have no real development budget 
I just don't see the things on the cart that make me think, oh, that's that's interesting and makes would make the cargo better. It looks to me like they've only had the ability to change a few bits and pieces here and there, um, and that's it. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I can't argue with that at all. A bit uninspiring. They, they're like, um, it's like Stoke City, aren't they, of yeah. Formula One. They may get an occasional Peter Crouch here and there, but it's never going to take them past sort of mid-table mediocrity. But then they're not fighting off relegation either. So what what do you do? Um, the rumours about them being a bit upset last season with the finances and things like that as well, it's, it's probably not a hard stretch to believe that they've not put as much money into the development as they perhaps have done in the past or as much as other teams certainly have yeah and it's a shame because the driver lineup is i like the driver lineup i think the driver lineup's exciting young guys both clearly with a talent but i think with you it's uh, they might not have the car to do it this season who knows, though, because I might have said the same last year, and, and the Force India, certainly for the first half of the season, was good. So, Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm a bit on the fence with this one. Yeah, I think that's my that's my general feeling of it. it. They've got two decent drivers. It was a decent car. What how can you... What, what are you looking to do from there, almost? It's almost a bit like as bad as the, the teams at the back. It's where is your evolution going to come from? You look at Williams, who were able to go from the back to the front again because they have a team of good engineers and um, a good team setup that, that's obviously designed to produce good F1 cars. So that should be replicable... Re uh, replicatable replicable replicable that sounds better uh re replicable by a team of force india size who aren't the most underfunded team on the grid either particularly um they're generally quite well sponsored as well yeah i mean yeah it's one of the few teams that's actually come on with i mean like you've load got, of... got a good five six different brands there on the side of that thing mm -hmm. so it's an interesting one, how they can't push on a little bit more. Or maybe they just don't want to. Maybe maybe VG Malia is content being mid-table and taking over and not having to spend a fortune. Uh, it's possible. Possible. Um, yeah, I'm just... I don't see where that car is going to improve from based on, on, on what I can see in these pitches. Um, but prove me wrong, guys. Prove me wrong. And the uh, a team that definitely needs to improve is the uh, the Lotus. What did you make of the Lotus then? Because that's quite. Uh... Well, you, you can't. You know, I mean, these are computer renderings as well, and that's the important thing to say is that with this we haven't actually seen the car. Um, so how much of this is actually what it looks like when it comes out? I don't know. Um, they're the interesting ones because obviously they've still gone for a pointy nose, but it's mounted more like the Mercedes behind the wing uh, it's mm -hmm. not dipping down over the front so much like uh, it's not dipping down the front at all 
Um, so that in itself is quite interesting. Whether that's actually how it all works when they put it all together, I don't know. But the rest of the car looks pretty boxy. It doesn't look all that smooth to me. Um, it, yeah. It just doesn't inspire me that, again, they're going to have made that much evolution on what was a terrible car last year. Um, and you wonder if Roman Grosjean and uh, Pastor Maldonado are the kind of drivers that can evolve a car going forward and make it better. I wonder if that's half of the problem, is that um, I have no faith that Pastor Maldonado can help a car go forward. It's just not. It just doesn't seem to be what he can do. And Roman Grosjean may be a very nice guy who's who's quite talented, but he, you know, has he really been around Formula One long enough to be able to feed back and get a team to be able to swap swap things in and out to to get them a car that takes it back to the front of the grid? Um, I don't think so is my probable answer to that, but you know. I certainly don't expect them to be in the top five. You've got Williams, Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. They're not going to crack that, I don't think. Could be a battle between them and Force India for best of the rest. Maybe Sauber might get in there. Maybe Toro Rosso. But they're not. I can't see them being a marked improvement on where they were last season. I'm, I'm with you. I suppose that pretty much covers Lotus, really, doesn't it? Very quickly. Not much to say. The new Sauber, though. New livery. Very new Sauber. Um, I really, really like the livery. I really like it. It's nice to see a nice blue car. Um, it's just something different, isn't it? And yeah. I think, I think other teams should really learn from that because you're now going to be able to spot the Sauber on the track wherever it was, whereas last season you had to go, oh, that's a dark silvery car. So is that uh, is that the McLaren or is that the thing or is that... Mm? Absolutely. Um. It rather does. It rather does show you how important um, Felipe Nasr's sponsorship deal <laughs> is to the team, since the, the car pretty much looks like his old GP2 car. Uh, <laughs> um, when I was searching around for pictures of this, um, I typed in Sauber uh, F1 2015, and I still ended up with pictures of Felipe Nasr's GP2 car. Whether that's because people can't literally tell the difference between the two and they're tagging all the photos wrong, um, or not, but uh, they are eerily similar. Um, but yeah, I like the colour. Um, the blue and blue and yellow is is nice. I'd like to, if anything else, seen a bit more yellow on the car. Really, um, here and there, I think you could have done a few more highlights on it to uh, make it look that much more interesting. I think um, that's probably probably fair. But I like, I agree. I like the colour. It's good to see them with a decent, even though it's coming from NASA. It's a it's a good. They've got a title sponsor across mm. the side, which mm. is. Something Sauber have kind of lacked in the last few years. They've always struggled for sponsorship post-BMW um, post era. Yes. So a few people good. have... Sorry, a few people have been fairly unkind and said that they need to be, they need to be sponsored by IKEA. Um, so can... <laughs> I mean, that is, that's very funny. <laughs> uh, since the colour scheme matches them <laughs> perfectly. Um, who knows, maybe they will. Stranger things have happened, I guess. Um, but if you see... Uh, people putting together the car with an allen key then you'll uh <laughs> you'll know the sponsorship's gone a bit too far as for their lineup that could be anything uh, uh yeah i don't expect much from marcus ericsson 
and Nazar probably wasn't. There's probably a couple of better GP2 guys than Nazar, so probably too little experience in there for my liking. I'd be wanting an experienced guy alongside Nazar for me if I was. But you can understand why they've done it because they need the sponsorship, and unfortunately, that's the nature of the game at the moment. But from an ideal perspective, I'd have had someone like I don't know. I can't even think off the top of my head. Somebody, somebody like when when Rubens was around or someone like that with with, with the experience to go alongside the the youngster. Uh, unfortunately, they're not able to do that, so we'll just need to grin and bear it. Yeah. What did you make of the actual design of the car, by the way? Just uh, the nose is awful. Uh, I think so too. It's the worst <laughs> nose out of all of them, I think. Um, it doesn't look aerodynamic. It doesn't look like it should be doing the job that the nose should be doing. Um, uh, it doesn't look good, if I'm completely honest. Back doesn't look particularly um, slim. Side pods look fat as well. Um, I don't see anything on it that makes me think, ooh, yeah, that sounds... Um, uh, like it's going to be. You can't see them improving greatly on last season, can you? No, no, not at all. Um, so last is that it? No, that's it, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, do there's, we have? <laughs> there's technically Caterham, isn't there? Somewhere. Caterham and Marussia may or may not be entered. I'm not even. I mean, what's the latest there? Are we getting a kit? Because Marussia was close to selling off the assets. Yeah, big. There was a big change. Okay. They were up for um, going into an auction, and then literally the day before it was supposed to go ahead, it was uh, cancelled indefinitely. Uh, John Booth, one of the heads of the team, um, said that they were in advanced talks with an investor, uh, and not the same investor who stiffed them uh, to get them back on the uh, grid at the end of last season. Um, the interesting thing there, of course, is that. Um, They've got something like sixty million pounds worth of debt, I think, or something ridiculous. Maybe, maybe more than that. 70, 60, 70 million is it? But they've got forty million coming to them in winnings and stuff from last season. So net, it's a lot less debt than it would have been. But is that, you know, is that still does that still make it a viable proposition? Um, I must, admit, I must admit, I don't think Marussia are going to make it onto the grid next season, which I think is a shame. Um, Caterham may well do. Uh, they've been given special dispensation to run last year's car. Um, probably, I presume, with a slightly different nose. Um, so they'll probably get it on the grid. But they missed two races last season. And how is that going to change with a car that's blatantly not going to be anywhere near as refined as cars this season it seems kind of pointless to say oh yeah you can use a 2014 uh, 2014 car it wasn't good good enough last season so it's definitely not going to be good enough this season um, <laughs> no, I... so they're just going to come last all the time and then it becomes what is the point well yeah exactly um it heads us it heads us off from three car teams which does you know makes me happier but um I'll be surprised to see at this stage either of them. We might, like you say, we might get Caterham, but um, again, I'll believe it when I see it at this point. No, absolutely. Uh, what was Caterham's lineup going to be? I can't remember if they'd announced. 
Nah, I don't think they announced because there was so much, well, maybe not. so much going on. I don't think they they had a lineup. Let me just double check. Let's do a quick. Uh, da -da -da. Uh, no, I can't see anything on here. That. Uh, oh, there we go. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, no, I don't think. Um, I don't I think don't so. Think that they've they've gone with anybody. Um, I, th I thought Will Stevens was possibly uh, they mentioned that one, but I I guess that was probably in passing. Um, hmm. Let's just uh, let's just leave it at that then. I think for Caterham, it's probably yeah. best. Really, in case there are so. any Caterham fans listening who might just get. Completely depressed by listening to us talk about the fact that we don't know what their car looks like or who's driving it. Um, that's not not the best uh, for poor little Caterham. Um, so we are 42 days from the start of the season. Uh, obviously, testing is kicking off now, so we'll um, we'll be seeing who seems to have uh, made the biggest improvements in the next couple of days. Um, although, obviously. Um, testing isn't everything, as the Red Bull showed us um, last season, didn't they? Started off very badly in testing, but uh, ultimately proved to have a very decent car with a decent driver underneath it. So Absolutely. I guess that's what testing's for, isn't it? It's just a <laughs> test. <laughs> There's what it says. Get all the rubbish stuff out of the way first, and then uh, that's it. start the season with the... Still, hopefully, um, all my guys and all my teams that I support get off to a good start. I'd rather see them testing well than not, anyway, put it that way. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll probably have a roundup of uh, of testing before the start of the season. So uh, keep yourselves uh, tuned to all the different ways that you can catch the podcast. Obviously, from uh, our new and improved website, uh, www.lastlappodcast.co.uk, uh, the website exclusively for the podcast. So we'll post all our episodes there. We're hoping to try and keep up to date with at least the biggest stories in F1 on there, so you can. Uh, uh, catch the uh, all the latest pictures of the cars that will be going up on there. Uh, any big news that we see will also get posted there. Um, you can subscribe to iTunes. Um, you can just search for us, The Last Lap Podcast, on iTunes. Or if you go to the website, there is a subscribe link uh, on the front page, so you can sign up from that way. Uh, we're also on TuneIn, uh, should you have access to that platform, uh, on iOS and Android devices, so you can uh, catch us on the move. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, so you can search out the Last Lap Podcast on Twitter. That's at Lap Last Lap, at Last Lap Podcast, sorry, uh, and search for the Last Lap Podcast on Facebook, and you'll find our page. Um, we also have little personal Twitter accounts, so you can follow our thoughts on not just F1, but pretty much anything that comes along. Um, at the moment, I've been decrying the state of Hollyoaks mostly on my uh, Twitter page. <laughs> it's uh, always a good thing. Oh, oh and uh, and slagging off Katie Hopkins. Uh, which is always good fun. Um, I am at Megs. Uh, yeah, you can catch me at Fog on the 4th. It's still the same after last season. <laughs> after creating that it was going to change in the new year, I haven't come up with a new one yet. So I'm still the same, and it's mostly just me talking absolute rubbish about the sports of the day. So if, you, if you're into that, then that's where you can find me. Excellent. 
So thank you very much for tuning in, guys. We're looking forward to taking you through F1 2015. Uh, we hope that you come along and enjoy the ride with us, and we will see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs>